0: You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun. We're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone and welcome to another interesting episode of Ask Drone. You know, we're grateful that to have you here. As always, we like to help you build confidence and gain skills to pay the bills. That's what Drone you is all about. But uh, we've got an interesting question today regarding kind of commercially viable drones, but specific to the Mavic Air 2, which is very interesting considering we just had our pre podcast walk and met a listener out on flying out at the field. How about? And uh, it's funny because he literally brought this issue up before we heard this question for today. Mm-hmm. And uh, very interesting, the deviation uh, between uh, opinions on this one, so. Yeah, it is, yeah, perspective. And and that's, that's fine, there's never one right answer, right? right. You know, so. True that. Um, but anyway, today's show is brought to you by the DroneU community. Thank you to everyone uh, who has been a part of the Drone U membership and the community as a whole. Friendly reminder to check out the new classes. Remember last year we launched that solar inspection class. We've got the commercial roof inspection class now. You know, we've got a whole new set of Don't Crash courses. And the operations course was updated as well. And uh, we've got some big stuff on the horizon, but I'm not going to talk about it because uh, I might be speaking a little too soon. So. Good morning, guys. My name is Gary. I live in New York. I'm a new drone pilot. I'm a Part 107 certified. I own a DJI Mavic Air 2. And um, I recently started looking for jobs and for psychic to practice with my drone. I noticed that my drone, the DJI Mavic Air 2, doesn't qualify for almost all the job out there today they are looking for more advanced drones and i wonder if you guys think i should be getting a new drone or maybe looking into different fields to practice with my drone thank you guys for all the great information you guys provide to us i'm a new pilot so any advice any tips this will be helpful thank you guys
1: Thank you, Gary. I love getting calls from new pilots such as yourself, and you just come on, just kind of raw, help me, this is what I'm dealing with, and if there's any way we can help you, we absolutely will. But it is interesting, like you said, pre-question, the uh, just how the perspective changes, uh, the person's, the pilot's perspective changes the outlook on the drone they're using, because we have two like bipolar perspectives. Well-
0: And let's elaborate on that. What did you hear from uh, Bob, that was really his name, uh, out on the field today when he was kind of talking? Because he even said, you know, I've watched a lot of your shows and I feel like I disagree with you on something. He didn't illustrate exactly what that was when I asked him, but I think it was, you know, what kind of drone you you really need. So, yeah. So I think what he was getting at is that
1: he said, so he's an older gentleman, a retired gentleman. And he was just sitting there flying in the park, having having a good time flying his drone. He did say he just passed his part 107. And interestingly, he did it with uh, YouTube videos, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> and he uh he said that he's gotten a couple of jobs people that want him to do stuff for them and he said i wasn't even looking for that but it's kind of cool because i can fly my drone and then i can do some jobs and i can pay for this drone and uh, we were asking about how he could use if he thought the mavic air 2 was a good option for it and he said yeah i think anything that i'm being asked to do i have no problems doing this using this drone for one thing to point out with him is that he's uh he's a commercial photographer or was. And so he understands sensors and how all of that works. And so he knows what he can get out of this particular sensor. And so I think he was more comfortable with that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, kind of to, uh, to rebut that or refute that, excuse me. Uh, I said, well, you know, Rob, when you start getting a lot of jobs and you start getting the heavier hitting jobs, you don't have all that time to do a significant amount of editing when you can just adjust the aperture and get just the right shot, Throw your stuff in Lightroom, have these preset formulas, maybe do a few adjustments. But when you really become successful, you really have to focus on scalability, which is making efficient systems to service multiple clients, to be able to enjoy the creative freedom that you have Mm -hmm. while still, uh, you know, getting the job done. And I think, you know, Bob was saying his intention wasn't to really use it too much other than to pay off the vehicle. Whereas this caller is in a very different position where he's looking for more technical-based jobs, these are recurring right. revenue jobs, and he's being told, you know, that little toy is not going to do it, you know?
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up when you become successful. And so a little bit more background about what Paul just said is that Bob out on the field said that he uh, he didn't mind that it didn't have some of the flexibility in the settings and so forth because he said he can use a raw photo and do a lot with it. And so Paul's saying, yeah, but you can't do that at scale because there's just not enough time in the day, and so defining success is probably very different for Paul. You I mean, Bob, for Bob, sorry, yeah. <laughs> than it is for Gary in New York. So that's a really interesting thing to keep to consider here.
0: And Not only that, but I think we have to consider that these people are on two different parts of the timeline as far as becoming a commercial pilot. True. Where he's the caller seems to be more advanced and or wants of, to be, anyways. Yeah, yeah, and and is is taking the necessary precautions and steps to get there. Hmm. Whereas Bob is a more uh, I would say laissez-faire if that yeah. I think is a good way to explain having it having fun with it he even called it a toy and he knew it exactly what he was doing when he said that yeah 100% 100% yeah and uh, it just it's, it's just really interesting uh, Rob because again you know, one of the hardest lessons that I have learned in being in business with you and this is not uh, this is nothing about you but it, it's scalability because we all have this idea when we get into business that oh we just need more jobs we just need more jobs we just need more jobs. That's how we're going to get more money and we're going to make more money in the drone world, that's not the case. That's not really the case. You, you've you got to be thinking about how to scale the systems to reduce the time of onboarding clients, reduce the time of serving the clients after the job, and then reduce the time of keeping those clients engaged in hopes of building recurring revenue, meaning getting more jobs. And I think, you know, and Glenn talked about this in his interview, and he's like, the biggest problem that I think drone pilots have getting into this is they do not, not think about how hard the hustle is in getting jobs and why it's so important to focus on jobs that are recurring revenue, meaning you're you're, you're inspecting solar panels once a month, you're doing cell tower inspections once a month, you're doing commercial roof inspections every time there's a hailstorm, you know, and that's be- become pretty predictable at this point. And so, you know, that said, I think you have two completely different mindsets here. You got the laissez-faire, and then you got the guy who's like, hey, I'm building a business. With this thing, and I am yeah. serious about it, and I'm learning that maybe this aircraft doesn't have what I need to be able to do these jobs, and I think he is foreshadowing the potential uh, struggle that he may face in the hustle. Yeah. And hustling is hard; it's not for any, for not, it's not for everyone. In fact. I was just thinking last night about how much I used to question myself in selling uh, Affleck. I used to work for Affleck. And, uh, you know, it was when my regional manager was like, Paul, people buy insurance every single day of the year because they want to protect themselves. It's a hedge against. You know something, it's life. A, yeah, yeah, it's a fear-based decision. It's an easy sell. You don't need to be questioning yourself. You just need to explain why this is useful, when it will be useful, and manage expectations. And I won every single Affleck sales award that you could win in the first three months of being an Aflac salesperson. And so, so what you're saying is that he should go become an Aflac
1: salesperson.
0: Honestly, I asked one of my so that old. Seems re- like a
1: great training ground. I
0: asked my old regional manager if he would do a sales class for us, but you know we just did that sales class virtually. And uh, I've got some students asking for one more bonus session, which I'm going to finally get on the calendar. Michael, I'm sorry, it's taken so long. Um, but that said, I mean, like there is there is autonomous sales, like building systems for your business to do as much as you can. But then there's the in person sales when you're actually talking to someone and you're closing a deal. And that's what Aflac does so well Is they teach you how to take objections and turn them into objectives. Because honestly, when someone has an objection, it's just because they have a further clarifying question to better understand what's going on to make a more educated decision. And that is actually a positive thing, not a negative thing. So you really have to kind of change your mindset uh, to be successful at the hustle. But then again, when you're going after these scalable recurring revenue jobs, it becomes a lot easier Mm -hmm to hustle
1: well the last thing you want to Gary's question is to go through that hustle work your tail off and get to the end of the road where you have an opportunity and then oops you don't have the right equipment
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: because that totally changes your algorithm as to whether that's a good job for you in terms of how much investment is it going to take right and then can you keep doing that and so yeah I mean I think you're going about it right in terms of thinking this through I do kind of wonder so he asked the question should I just buy a new drone
0: Well, and so, you know, when we were talking about this in pre-show, I was like, well, without really understanding the types of jobs that he's going after, it's really hard to answer this question. And I think the best answer is to give him kind of a tiered approach because, you know, we're working right now on a power line inspection class. We're working on a couple other inspection based classes. Don't want to give that away for the competitors. But that said, what we're realizing is there really is a uh, tiers of different drones to solve different problems, and with that said, you know uh, we are seeing, and, and I'm I love this, Rob. I I just wrote the article about how the Mavic Two Enterprise Dual Advanced, you know, takes literally the cost of going into business for solar inspections down by two thirds. Yeah, you know, and that drone has a zoomable camera. It's you know 48 megapixels. It's not a huge sensor, but uh, I will say we ran some mapping testing for the don't crash course on that drone and i'm stunned at the quality Hmm. i mean really stunned at the quality it does not for whatever reason Pix and a few other programs don't like the obliques out of that camera um but the double grids work phenomenally well um and all that to be said, I think that if we were to say, we well, here's the first tier of drone that you can probably get the most out of, this is, again, specific to kind of inspection work, right? If it weren't inspection work, if it was more like mapping and kind of creative, I'd be like, look, go buy a Phantom, you know, done deal. But I think we're looking at something more than just a Phantom here. So my first tier, I would say, is the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual Advanced, and for two reasons. One, low barrier to entry. Two, maintenance costs are very low. You're looking at $189 for a new battery, not $1,400 for an M300 set of TB60s. Like, holy cow. And how does DJI get away with that? Anyway, uh, and then, you know, you've got a zoomable camera and you have a phenomenal thermal sensor as well. So if you're getting into doing some um, more commercial based work that needs to utilize thermal, you have that. Um, But you also have dual cameras. So I, I don't know. I, I'm stunned by that drone. I know some people are like, "Well, I might need something that's not Chinese." Well, good luck. Um, <laughs> good luck finding one. <laughs> so, um, that said, uh, the next here I would say is kind of that M200, M210 level, and they're selling like hotcakes online because
1: they don't. Mean, they don't uh, work very well? Reconditioned. Ver, op- version.
0: Uh, that's a good <laughs> good point, Rob. Okay. Listen to that, everyone, because there's a lot in that statement. <laughs> so, uh, and you are a hundred percent right, you know, but now you're looking at, uh, you know, 10, 15 grand for that drone and your batteries are a thousand dollars a pop and you're going to need, you know, at least four or five sets of batteries. So you're looking at 20 G's to get into it. And that's, that's a hard burden to overcome. I mean, I know when I started, you know, ride media doing my side, uh, drone, jobs that it took me, I think it was, uh, I didn't want to say it was like 12 months to be able to get back in a casual positive cash flow position. And, you know, I know my first year, second year, third year numbers and knowing those numbers, it would have been very difficult. Now that was a different age of the market, but it would have been very difficult to uh, have those higher cogs and overcome them costs of goods sold. Um, It would, it would be a lot harder to overcome those incredibly high costs. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, lastly, if we're looking at, um, you know, if we're looking at, you know, he talks about power line inspections. If we're looking at long endurance power line inspections, you know, we're talking a wing Tra one, a dragonfish, and now you're in the 50 to 100 K range. And that, unless you have a client ready to, you know, say, I will sign on the dotted line to give you work for a year, that's a heavy burden uh, to 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 overcome. Right. But there are a lot of industries that that drone will make money hand over fist. Yeah. So you just have to know the right people. And at the end of the day, Rob, every business is built on what? Relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And you really didn't even throw in the Inspire 2. Which is a you know when it comes to power line inspections, a lot of companies are not even using thermal, which is actually quite surprising. Um, and we know that there is a specific two specific companies in California that have their pilots fly Inspires X 7 50 millimeter camera, so that way you can just fly a specific distance away from uh you know what we call the coronal discharge area, mm. um, so that you can safely fly and get photos. But I think the I think the best way to understand the difference between these tiers, and let's use the the power line inspection example here, is that if you are being tasked uh, to take photos of transformers, to take photos of connection points, cotter pins on cell tower uh, inspections, right, the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual is probably going to be sufficient. Now, if you're being tasked to take photos of serial numbers on equipment then you're probably going to be more in the M300 range, right? Mm. But also, if you're being asked to do that, the price point should be 3x what the, uh, you know, just taking photos of the transformers would be. And so uh, I would say it Mm. really, again, as in all questions regarding science, the answer is typically, when being honest, it depends. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of variables that, uh, in this particular case, we don't know. We really don't. We really don't. But I hope that answers the question. And I will say, you know, a lot of people know us for promoting the Phantoms because it's a phenomenal mapping drone. If not the best, it's still the powerhouse. And it's a phenomenal all-around drone. You know, you get better 4K 60 footage on the Phantom than you do an Inspire 2, in my humble opinion. Well, you still use it a lot for action sports. I love that thing. Yeah, because it's easily replaceable, too. If something, you know, something happens to it, it's like, oh, no, just get a new one. <laughs> You know, whereas an M300, it's like, holy cow, I just pretty much flew an F-150 into the lake. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so (laughs) I don't want to do that. (laughs) Anyway, what's my CLV score going to be with the insurance company now? (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad to hear you don't want to do
1: that (laughs) and
0: you're dead set against it. That's a good thing. Uh, uh, Yeah, 100%. (laughs) That's what we call risk management on my side of the desk. (laughs) uh, Yeah, although I'm glad you haven't seen a lot of the videos of flying with Ashley where the X7 is literally a few inches over the water at any given time
1: you know that's that's part of the deal is just don't hurt a person which you won't
0: no I'm no praise God I haven't and uh praise God I probably won't in the future I hope not (laughs) probably won't (laughs) as long as I don't let my ego get in front of my systems and habits and routines I believe I am capable of uh of managing that I totally agree Right. Yes. What What do we call intellectual laziness? Was that impetuousness? Is that, is that the right word? Ugh. But my point intellectual is, is that laziness. as soon as we get intellectually lazy, that's when things start, that's when bad things start to happen. So
1: put your guard down, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And that's also why there, I do certain things still the old fashioned way as a reminder of like, Nope, this is harder. But every time I do it harder, it becomes easier. And then it's not hard anymore. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, for sure philosophizing again. Well, Gary, I hope we answered your question.
1: And for your questions, everybody else out there, droneu.com. We'd love to hear from you. We would love it if you would subscribe and if you would hit the like button if you're on YouTube. And just give us, uh, uh, let us know what you think about the show as well. We'd love to hear from you guys um, in any form you're comfortable with.
0: Definitely, and thank you again for listening. Thank you to everyone who is a DroneU member and continues to support us. We we do greatly appreciate it as we try to go above and beyond other flight schools by teaching from experience. So thank you very much for your support. It does mean the world to us. And yes, I do have a heart, and it does mean a lot. So thank you. (laughs) On that non-bombshell, that's going to do it for us today. (laughs) We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts and apprentices we are creators we are the drone you